Okay, Parshas Ves Chanan. What a Parsha after Tisha B'Av. Let's go through a quick summary. There's a lot to say in this week's Parsha. <laughs> last week, last week's summary was pretty short. This week's summary, we'll try to keep it short. So in the beginning of the Parsha, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu goes and he davens to the Amishter, and he says, I davened so many times, 515 times, and yet, Kosh Baruch did not allow me to go into Israel, but he told me to take a look at Eretz Israel, go to the, this, you know, uh, nice sightseeing place, take pictures here, you know. No, look into Eretz Israel. Next thing, Moshe Rabbeinu gives Muzzer to Klai Israel, and he speaks about Maimed Har Sinai, now, Klaizol didn't see any shape or form of physical expression of a Kashbarku, and therefore there's an Isser to create any images or forms to represent a Kashbarku. Then we go into what we re- read on Tishabov, Kisoilid Bonim, we're going to get used to the land of Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to end up Katsushon doing Avadizar, going into Golas, and finally, Ayomim, where Shabin assures us, Veshavta, Adashem, you can return to Hashem. He then goes into a shtickle parasha like uh, from the Haggadah. Oh, that's much later. I'm sorry. Sha'alna, please ask, has any nation in the world ever made this claim, what we call national revelation, where everyone, everyone heard the word of God? Never happened, never will happen. This is a unique claim that Clydes will make because they're the only ones that can make it because true. And he says, Enoi Mofadai. Then Moshe Bainu separates the three cities to be Ari Miklat. Then he goes to the Aseris Adibrois and Klai Yisrael's request for Moshe to speak instead of Hashem. Then we have Shema Yisrael, the first passage of Shema, the Ahavta, the Mitzvah, Tamatari, Tvilim, Then we go into the Isra of Gaiva, you're going to come into Yisrael. You're going to have all these houses, all filled with goods and furniture and wealth. you got to make sure not to forget HaKadosh Baruch Then we have Vayikish Al-Kabincha, so we have part of the Haggadah, one of the Arba Banim in this week's parasha. And then we have the Isser that you're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, light to Schatein. Do not marry into the Umay Sa'olam. Don't find favor in the eyes. Keep away from them. That's a summary of the parasha. Let's begin the Papras. Woo! Special guest appearance here. Zevi Heiser. Woo! Yeah. Okay. So right away, the beginning of the parish, just a little bit of an introduction. We know that it's called Shabbos Nachamu. The Kashnitz of Magid says that why is, what's the Nachamu? Parshish Veskanon is always Nachamu. Ah, what a Nachamu, the Aseris Adibrois, the second set of Luchais after Tishabov, which, uh, you know, which began with the three weeks and the breaking of the Luchais. So now over here we have a Nachamu. What a parsha that's in the Chama to Klai Israel. Okay. Vo'etz Chanan. Rashi says, I begged Hashem for a matnas chinam, for a free gift. You ever asked anybody for something free? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? Why is Moshe? Somebody asked me this this morning, my chakras. Well, Moshe had a lot of cash. He had a lot of credit. Why didn't he say Hashem, you know, for one zechus? So there's a few different answers. Number one is, you don't want to use up your zechusim. Even to get into Eretz Yisrael, which would bring more zechusim. Why give up a zechus? Yes, Hashem for a man Number two, Sadiqim recognized there's an Isra Dairaisa for a person to think that he deserves anything. 
There's an Issa that arises with Ben We learned about Seva Kareidim as well. Nobody could ever claim that because of my righteousness, I deserve something. It's an Issa to Iraisa. To think that way in your heart. Rather, any good that comes to you, you get a great job, you get a great gift, you have a good talent, whatever comes to you, you should be tailored either in a gift of God or as a chosavis. You never, you never go into something with an approach like, I deserve. That's number two. Another reason is, another reason perhaps, I would like to say, is maybe das gufa. Because of the shame of the Nahama Dachsufa, we feel uncomfortable and humbled when we get a free gift by God. That's why Tzadik and Taka do it. Tzadik doesn't want to become, like we say in the end of the parsha, Balgaiva, from the wonderful things that he's having. Fakert! Fakert! Tzadik says, please Hashem, give me something free. I'd rather have something free over here and feel ashamed from it. The shame gives me a kapara. I get more oil of my bond. And the oil of my bond is not Nahama Dachsufa. The idol my bow feel very deserved. But I'll tell you really what I think. This is something that Shiva Zatzal Shumvirim used to say also. People think tzaddikim, tzaddikim, otherworldly, spiritual, pure, holy. Shiva said, A tzaddik is a good businessman. He knows what's the best business, the greatest long term investment. If you can get something in business for free, what are you, crazy? You're going to pay for it? Be a good businessman in everything that you do. Business, business, business. Yeah, business with Hashem. Have sit mitzvah, connect schara, schara veira, connect have seida. Make us bonus. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu was the best businessman of all. Kilekach, toiv nasati, lochem, toiv The best of business is Moshe Rabbeinu. When Klaiso was running around doing the midst of getting money and jewels from the Egyptians, Moshe Rabbeinu ran to get the Atz Moshe Yosef. They were both mitzvahs. Moshe had a business cup. <laughs> this one's going to get me more scarred. Because I have no personal gain from getting the Atz Moshe Yosef. Whereas the, the Klaiso is going to get the money. It's also a mitzvah. But the fact that they have a personal gain was going to diminish from the scar. Moshe is a businessman. And if I get something for free, do it. There's one more thing I want to point out, and that is it's brought down also in these Shalom Bayez books. And that is, sometimes you're right, wrong, right, wrong. You know, you get into this debate with somebody. You deserve a raise. I don't deserve a raise. You deserve a certain quest. I deserve to take off vacation. This, you name it. There's always, there's always, you know, two people that are getting into this discussion, argument, debate, whatever. Sometimes the best answer is to say, you're right. I don't deserve it. I'm sorry, I don't deserve it. But would you please humor me? I'm your buddy. I'm your loyal friend. I'm whatever. Just because just I asked for it. I'm Dr. Rog. I'm Dr. Not Right. It's not a shorter way to get to this destination. And it's not that uh, I paid for this. You're right. Humor me. Because what happens then is you're shifting the conversation from two ends of a business deal and suddenly you're making this person think of, hey, I could be a good guy. I could be gracious. I could be generous. I could be the good guy here while you still end up getting what you want. So there's no more debate. There's no more fight. There's no more bargaining. Everybody wants to be right. So by you saying, I don't deserve it, but would you be so gracious to humor me and do this for me as a favor? 
Oh, suddenly you could get what you want, while the other guy also remains in the right and becomes a very hush of a gracious, generous, nice person. So that's a, somewhat of an aid to also in bargaining in order to get what you want. Oh, it's a different relationship. What? Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's giving, right? It's not, it's not two opposing things. 100%. Okay. Somebody who says, please, Hashem, Evrona, Pasek Chav, hey, Evrona, please let me pass over the So what's this Lashen Na? The Vilna Goyen says a politics. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Al-Toysef, Daber, don't say this again. What's this? This Don't continue to speak to me this word or this matter. Says the Vilna Don't ask me from where. Uh, there's a message that says he got this from the Satan. This was a secret from the Satan. That if you pray to Hashem and you say the word no. Twice, I guess you have to have special kavanas and what this word no is supposed to mean. But if you pray to Hashem and you say the word no twice, boom! Works like magic. You get what you want. And that's why when Miriam got sick, Moish Rabbeinu had a very short prayer. But in that very short prayer, he repeats one word, no. Kel no. Refa no. La. Very short prayer. And to have one word repeated in that very gosh. And what word was it? No. Because he had a Messiah from the Satan. This heals, this cures, it works like magic. So the Abishta, when he said, Ebrana, let me please pass over the Yardain. Hashem told him the next Pasuk, don't you dare say that word again. <laughs> if you say that word again, <laughs> I'm going to have to give in. And therefore I prohibit you. I forbid you. Don't you dare say that word again. And Moshe listened. Because <laughs> even if you're going to get what you want, if Hashem said no, it's no. Don't ask for me again. Because if he asks again, I'm going to have to give it to you. No kind of tzaddikal of a kid stands back there and says, okay. Tati said, if I ask again, he's going to give it to me. But Tati said not to ask again, so I'm not. <laughs> Beautiful. No. Okay, as I like to build the guy. Also in Pazakai, just coffee, just an interesting thing. What's what's called Horatoivazed, this beautiful Merdin Arbayas? The Halavanoin. What's Halavanoin? Lebanon. What's Halavanoin? Rashi says it does not refer to Lebanon. Rashi says the Halavanoin is the base Hamigdash. What? Why is the base Hamigdash called Halavanoin? Lebanon. It's an expression of cleansing. It's melabein esachatoyim. We have to realize the Gemara says if the goyim would know how much forgiveness the Beis Hamikdash does for them, how much it cleanses the world from their chesh ben achatoyim, they never would have touched it. But they don't realize what it is. We know that it offers chatos, it offers sin offering, and we're cleansed. They didn't know that. That's why they destroyed it. Halavanoin. Okay, let's go up as a fighter. So, Pasuk said, Perik Dalid, Pasuk Tess. Fast forward a little bit. Perik Dalid, Pasuk Tess. Raki Shamalukosh Manavs coming up. This is the Vermash and Roy Nakhven. You should live there. Go in there. Kayak. Why don't live there? You mash about the other. So, my cloak is a second condition. This Pasuk is telling you, be careful lest you forget what you saw. The Torah that you learned. 
and make sure to teach it to your children and your grandchildren. Does this mean you have to teach Talmud Torah to your grandchildren? Going to one opinion, a grandfather has to teach his grandchildren. Another opinion says, no, this is not going to teach Torah to your grandchildren. It's to give over the vision that you guys saw, Naimid Asina. And it's coming to tell you that if you do learn with your grandchildren, it's like you bring them closer to Asina because you're shortening the link. You're skipping one generation. A grandfather with a grandkid. If you have a great-grandfather who learns with a grandkid, you know how short the links are to Sinai? If you have a great-grandfather learning with his Iranic luck, there's only like 20 links then to Sinai. That's it. Can you imagine? So when a person goes and learns with his grandchild, it's like he's bringing him closer to our Sinai. Okay, so the Pasuk warns you not to forget what you saw. Now, we didn't see it. But we have a description of Chazal. We have Messiah from our parents, from our grandparents. Going back all the generations of Katzka Levenstein. It was known that it was one time he was in a room, he was extremely emotional, and he would build up his, his feelings for all of these things that happened in the Torah. And he was one time screaming in his room. Screaming. The bomb! The bomb! The bombs! The bombs! And tell me, who came in, what's wrong? He said, oh, I was just trying to remember my Manasina. He was using the memories of the ground shaking and the bombs and the sound and the smoke and the fire from World War II. And he was using that imagery to imagine Maimon Sinai. And that's one of the zikhroinas to, to remember every single day. It's a mitzvah to remember Maimon Sinai. Okay, but it's interesting that the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Hisham guard yourself, Ushmar nafshecha me'oid. And guard your nephesh to the extreme, says the Kliyakar. There's you, and there's your nephesh. Guard yourself, but guard your nephesh to the extreme. You have people that are so worried. COVID, so worried about the so worried. How worried about how the, the 1% chance of an iser and the 1% chance of a disease? How worried are we? Nothing wrong with being worried about disease. <laughs> But how worried are you also about your nesham? That's Hisham Lecha Ushman Nav Okay? Pasig Yud Tes. Pasig says, Penti say Nechashamayim, lest you lift up your eyes to the heavens and you lift up your eyes to the sun and the moon and the stars. Colts of Hashamayim. Don't you dare serve any of the heavenly bodies. Which Hashem has given to the nations of the world. This is one of the psukim that they switched for Talmud Amalek. And they switched it to say, not that Hashem gave them to the world, to the nations of the world, Hashem gave them to give off light to the nations of the world. You shouldn't think that they have permission to do Avodah Zarah, to go and serve the sun and the moon and the stars. The Gemara Darshans, that Hashem allowed the nations of the world to slip and be fooled by the mazalis. Hashem warns us very, very carefully to avoid Avodah Zarah, but with the Gayim, Hashem is the Noyach, and it's like one possible, don't say about the gods, that's it. There was room for them to slip. It's like, guys, you only got seven mitzvahs, you better get it right, I'm not giving you any extra instructions. That's it. So there's a machloikis. There's a big machloikis, the Emmett Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, brings down Rambam and just about everybody else. The Rambam says, Kishuf, Shadim, all of the stuff. It seems like the Rambam writes that these things are all fake. They don't exist. 
in the Isra of the Torah of doing magic. He says, don't do the actions that people do who claim bring about magical results. And don't offer sacrifices in the way that people do and claim that they're relating to Shaitan, demons. The Ramam seems to ignore this strange metaphysical, you know, uh, Twilight Zone world of, of all these weird stuff going on. So the Rambam, basically, when he says, don't do it, yeah, don't do it, you've got to be crazy. He's bowing down to all these his stones and wood and everything. However, all the other Mepharshim, the Ramban included, says, there's something to it. There's something to it. It's not a crazy, stupid Meshagas. And it says, follows. The Ramazalites, there are stars. The stars are like windows with which the influence of Hashem, the R, the energy of Hashem, comes down to the world through these prismed windows. It's like a stained glass window. And depending on the shift, if you move the stained glass this way, that way, you get different R coming through it, different light coming through it. Well, all the different game of the world, they all get different energies based on the constellations. There's this whole window up in the Shemayim. And depending on the mazales, the constellations, the horoscope and everything, they're getting different light rays, different energy rays, different influence from HaKadosh Baruch The fool looks at the window and is impressed and says, wow, this red light is coming through this, this red piece of the window, this green piece of the window, this orange piece of the window, this yellow piece of the window. But it's not the window. The window is just the lens that the light is shining through. And what's the big deal? The truth is, yes, their lives are affected by the mazalas and everything, but the mazalas are just this pipeline, this window with which the influence of Hashem goes through. And when they go and they serve the mazalas, the Gemara says it's like serving an Eved Lefnei Rabbi. You're standing in the throne room before the king and you go and you kiss the hand of his servant. That's a chutzpah. You can kiss the hand of the servant maybe when the king is not here. The Goyim will believe that the Melamachim is not here anymore. He's too far away. He's detached. The world is too small for him to be involved with. That's why the first time that Avoy the Zohar's name was called Enoish, which means small man. He didn't believe in himself. Man is too small for God to relate to. So I got to talk to the window. That's Avoy the Zohar. But the MS, there is something to it that if they go and they make these voodoo dolls, statues in the shapes of Edezara and, and, the, and their mazolites, their constellation, they're creating some kind of like an antenna in which they get the attention of the malach and the sar that's in charge of each kaychav. And sometimes it could work and they could see results. Like I told Zechariah today, it's like you could go up to one of the king's servants and say, you know, can you get me this and this and this and this? And the servant might do it for you, but you'll get into trouble. <laughs> it might work. Sometimes it'll work. But you could talk to the king yourself and you're going to the servants. You're offering the servant a bribe. Talk to the king and if you deserve it, you'll get it. And if you don't deserve it, you won't get it. It'll be the bad thing for you not to get it. So what are you going to do? You're going to circumvent the system, go around it. Yes, this other guy to do it. The king has a chesed. Well, you're not getting a million dollar lottery. But you're going to go and make some kind of trick through one of the servants and win the million dollars. <laughs> if the king didn't think you should win the million dollars, you're going to be in big trouble. That's how I desire. Okay. Perek Dalet Pasuk Chav Gimel. 
Kadosh Baruch who says Yishama Lachem Petishkach Zedvus Abris Asher Hashem Lekechem Asher Korasi Mochem. Don't you forget the covenant that Hakadosh Baruch who cut with you. Ever wonder why is a bris called cutting? The bris vila you cut. I got that. But in general, there's something called krisas bris. What's it called? Krisas, what are you cutting? I don't remember, maybe it was a maral that I saw, but the derech of any krisas bris always was. Rashi. What? A rashi? I don't know. At this point, tell me. The derech of a krisas bris was, you're going to the bris, but I'm sorry. Different point. Was, as I, that somebody would take something very important to him, very, something that's very bound to him and give it to his friend. Because since he's bound to that thing, that now creates a connection to his friend. Because he loves the thing. You have your favorite whatever. Instead of cherishing it and keeping it in a, in a safe somewhere, in your armoire, in your best hiding place in your house, you give it to your friend. That right away creates this bond. Your mind now is always on your friend. Because your most valued item, your most precious item is by your friend. So by cutting somewhat of that bond that you have to that item and sharing it to your friend, you're tying yourself to your friend. That's why it's called krisas bris. So the giving of the luchas by Matan Torah was considered a krisas bris because like we know, the Gemara says, Where do we know Rosh is from in the Torah? Anoichi, the first word of Asherah Zedimus, Anoichi, Anna, Navshi, Ksavis, Yehovis. Nebuchadnezzar just says, I wrote down my soul and gave it away to you. Whatever that means. Suava, Raizu, Kushabri, Chukadu. Torah is one with Hashem. And by Hashem, like, almost, you know, you know, sign your name in blood, you know. Hashem, as if he put his own life into the Luchas and gave it to us. So that's krizas bris. You, you're separating something from that's so, so bound to you, and you give it to a person, now you're bound to that person. That's krizas bris. Okay. Pasuk Chav you got to be very careful with this krizas bris. Don't go survive like this. He's a fire that consumes. God's not a fire. fire that consumes. <laughs> Sounds scary. Somebody asked me today. Uh, the, the kid was going away to camp, so the father told him, um, you know, remember, Zman Kriyashma is, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. And he looked at his father, and he said, of course, what, well, you think you want me to go, you think I want to go to Gehenim? So this mother called me up, and said, she's worried. She's worried. Is her son a little, like, too scared? Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was his first reaction. You think I want to go to Gehenim? Shouldn't, uh... <laughs> I told the mother, I said, Certain things you could do out of a hava. But Zman Kriyashma, <laughs> you need Yira. Kabbalah Zalman Kriyashma can be Bahava. But the chilik between 941 and 942, I have to get out of bed and wash my hands because of Tyrus Yishma. You need a kick in the tuchas for that. You need a pistol Yira. Father would tell the kid make sure you have a good time in the summer and have fun playing sports. Instead of telling him worry about going to my kid would be less nervous also. That's <laughs> a different story. But anyway, it says, Eish Oichla. Zogdo Ramban. Eish Oichla is a muscle for Midas Hadin. And what does that mean? The word is very similar to the famous word from Chaim Shmulevitz. When you hurt people's feelings, 
even if you had all the rights to, and even if it was a mitzvah, and even if it was the best thing in the world and the healthiest thing in the world for that person, if you hurt a person's feeling, you get punished. Like by Chana and Penina, you get punished. Why do you get punished? He says it's not even a punishment. It's like sticking a finger in a fire. Sticking an insult in someone's heart is like sticking a hand in a fire. I don't care if you have the best intentions in the world, and it could be the biggest myth in the world. You get burnt. It's painful. That's Midas Adin. Midas Adin keeps an equilibrium in the world. It's not a bad guy, good guy. It's perfection. Perfection means sin is a cavity. Sin devours. Sin consumes. It's a void. It gets consumed. That's what it means. That's the marshal of a fire. Perig, Dalit, Pasig, Beis, and Lamed Gimel. So Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai Yisrael, Sha'alam al-Yam and Rishayim, go, look up history. From the beginning of time of human beings, all across the entire globe. Was there ever another event in history like Mayim Sinai? Has anybody ever heard of such a thing? Has any nation ever reported that their God, some spiritual being, went and spoke to all of them from a fire and they all heard his words like you guys heard and saw? Never did it happen. Never did any nation claim that it happened. And never will any nation claim that it happened. What? Sounds like a good storyline. Because I cannot lie about you. Every single nation in the world, one guy got up and said, God came to me. <laughs> and he said this and this and this. But I can't say God came to you. Unless it's true. Well, if I'm giving you a really easy religion, <laughs> maybe you'll let me get away with garbage. Right? But if you give me a religion with 613 mitzvahs, <laughs> everybody knows, hey! Therefore, there never was a nation that made the claim before. There never will be a nation ever again that will ever make this claim because you can't make it unless it's true. And it ain't going to be true by any other nation in the world. We just have to make a quick reference point to the famous Segula. It doesn't just mean that there is no other God. It means that there's no other reality. Everything in the world is a virtual reality. Zakaria's got a virtual reality 3D goggle game over there. Well, it feels so real. This feels so real, but it's not. And neither is your nose. The entire world around us is virtual compared to the existence of God. And that's the school of when somebody recognizes that truly and authentically and absolutely in the reality, the only thing that is real that exists is God. This is the school of from Reb Chaim Brisker, no harm can affect him. No enemy can hurt him. And there are many stories brought down about this, but, and it's really something to speak about for, at length, but this is just a, a little reference point to that. You should know today and settle it in your heart. This is just my own shot that I always say. And I mamish hold the semis. I ran it by the Mashkiach of Yeshiva. He liked it. He didn't confirm it, but he liked it. What does it mean? 
When you have knowledge that is so ingrained in you that it affects your heart, then it's real. Meaning, gravity is real because we established it in our mind so many times that now if you walk to the edge of a building, you get frightened, you get scared because you could feel and anticipate gravity in your heart. You don't have to cause your mind. Well, if I walk off of here <laughs> in a matter of two seconds or less, I will be flat as a pancake down below. You don't have to go through the cheshman. That is how we have to know the reality of a Kaddish Baruch and then a person taka feels Yira. He feels Ahava. Because Hashem is so part of his reality that the knowledge, the information has already been so ingrained that it moves his heart. And the truth is, the heart is where the reality is. People have hearts that are just Stam imagination, Stam emotions. People have minds which are just Stam Chachma. When you have mind that affects the heart together, that is the two worlds coming together and that's real. That's what we call our world. Okay, So we say this all the time. We point with our pinky finger. Listen to Rabbi Yaakov The Goyim of Shem is And one of the mitzvahs is to create dinim, to create laws, a court system. And if a Goyish court system says that Bob owes Rob a dollar, or that Bob's house is Bob's house and not Rob's house. And Rob goes and takes the house away. He's Chayv Misa. Almost like Nadarim. When we say a nether, it becomes a Dairaisa. When the guy makes up laws, the law becomes Dairaisa. It's Chayv Misa. So then what's the difference between their laws and our laws? Zakrab Yaakov Kamenetsky, that's what Moshe Bingo says. Thousands of years. See, by the Goyim, they could continuously change. Roe versus weight. Times change. Opinions change. Feelings change. Their laws change. And it's not like any of it was Shekhar. The law that they made 50 years ago was law. And the law that they make now is law. And it becomes a derisive for them. But our law never changes. It's always authentic. Always the same. Never has to be changed. Never has to be adjusted. MS Vyatsev Menachim. Okay. Let's jump into that. Says the Dibris. Kabbalah Tzvi Chavesi Mecha. Perikay Pasuk Tezayin. I spoke about this. I started giving a like a WhatsApp group share on Kibbutz of Aim. We already finished Kibbutz of Aim. We're now doing Hilchas Sedaka. But in Kibbutz of Aim, we made an introduction. There's one letter in the in the Lukai Shniyos that did not exist in the Lukai Rishonis, and that's the letter Tes. The letter test represents toiv, and that's in the second lukais, because Hashem didn't want a test to be in the first lukais, because that would represent the fact that the first lukais are being broken, as if toiv could be obliterated and broken. Hashem only put a test into the second lukais, the toiv will continue to exist. That's in the second lukais. And it's interesting that where is toiv placed? In the midst of Kibbutz Aveim. Listen to this. Do Kibbutz Aveim, Kachet, Sivuka Hashem, Laman Yurikim, Laman Yitav What's Kashem Tzivuk Hashem? Like Hashem commanded you, says Rashi. Way back when, when you first left Mitzrayim, Hashem commanded you over there already. About Kibbutz Aveim and Shabbos and a few things in Mara. Says the Malbin. 
Don't just honor your parents because they were nice to you. They supported you. They give you life. They give you sustenance. They give you emotional support and a roof over your head. That's why you should honor your parents. If you do it for that, then you don't really deserve much reward. But if you honor your parents, even in Mara, when things are bitter, even if a parent is abusive, even if a parent didn't take care of you, but you take care of your parents, oh, then it's taka laman and laman yitav luck. Okay. Let's do a, a little bit, bit on Shema and then we got to dive in. So Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Uvat Shem and Perik Vav Pasik Dalim. So we all know the famous big ayin and there's a big dalit over there. The big ayin and the big dalit says the Yankad Ruvaini, listen to this. There's a chaya, there's a holy angel that's under the kiss Yaakovit. And when Klai Yisrael every single morning says Shema, this chaya comes out from under the kiss Yaakovit. He takes all of the kriyashmas of Klai Yisrael and he is an aid. Ayin Dalit, he is a witness to all of Klai Yisrael's kriyashma and he presents those kriyashmas to the Abishter as a carbon mincha. As a gift. Weiter, it says that uh, there's a lot of Kirchhoz out in the world, Klippis, Kirchhoz Atumah, and uh, when they reproduce, they don't have enough Chiyos, they don't have enough energy, they don't have enough Ur, they don't have enough good in them and holiness for them to survive. So they're constantly miscarrying and having, you know, crib deaths and can't survive. What happens? Lilis, the queen of the Shadim, comes. And when a Yid goes and doesn't have air and he looks at the wrong things and he has inappropriate thoughts, Lilis goes and causes the person to have a dream at night. And she takes that Zerah, which has Neshamas, human Neshamas in it, and she takes those human Neshamas, she selects one and puts it into the bodies of these miscarried dying babies from the Kaychas Atoma. And it increases the Kaychas Atoma in the world. But when a Yid says, Kriya Shema, Alamita, even if Chas something like that happens at night, what he does is he cuts off one throne and he says, Why? 1,120 Klippes and Kriya Shema and a Shaden and a Chvesis was when he says Kriya Shema at night. We know Yipal Mitzitcha Elef, Urvava Miminecha, when you say Kriya Shema at night, it has a tremendous, tremendous power of Kedusha and it cuts off. The half of Shem Lekecha, what's S? The rabbis tell me to come Don't just love Hashem, love to be coming. And I have to, we also darshan. You love something? What do you do when you really love food? You can swallow the whole thing up, or you can say, psst, psst, this is good stuff, have some. When you love something, you like to share it, assuming there's enough for both of you, right? You like to share it. One big test of your love of Hashem is, are you sharing it? Have a great night. Thanks for joining me.